Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. My name is Craig Fields. And I am David Long. And welcome to week eight. Yes, week eight, two whole months of the podcast. And we're still going strong. We are indeed. And we have some really exciting stuff coming up over the next few weeks, including competitions and decent prizes. Hmm. Um, But what we really need is more participation from our listeners. We are getting some emails, but we really do want more. So please email us at mymailisworthit. That's mymailisworthit at gmail.com. And we're looking for your views on anything film-related. Past films, present films, future films. um, Things including, you know, The Greatest Showman, Three Billboards, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, or the new Marvel film. Whatever you want to tell us about, we're interested to hear it. Absolutely. And the more information we get from you, the more likely you are to win a prize. Yes, if your email makes me laugh or intrigues me, we will be delivering you a prize. Mm, So what have we got coming up on today's show? Well, as always, um, we have a number of reviews, uh, beginning with Mary Maglin, uh, with an ever-brilliant Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix. We'll also be taking a look at You Were Never Really Here, again with Joaquin Phoenix, and it's directed by the awesome Lynn Ramsey. Unfortunately, we have seen, and I will be with Craig, reviewing <laughs> Peter Rabbit with the ever-annoying James Gordon. He's also quite funny. No, he's not. Okay. Uh, and we'll also have a look at the <laughs> horror slash thriller film Unsane with uh, Claire Foy, who also happens to play the Queen in the Netflix series as well. So that's Fantastic. Some, yeah, some very interesting Very successful films. series as well. And on the notes here I see, yes, I am away in April. Yeah. I am going to Madeira. Um, I probably shouldn't start telling everyone all the details. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we have decided that when I'm away, we have two options. Option number one... Don't do a show. No show. Option number two, a special guest. Or a friend. Or a friend. Or 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 your mum. No, my mum won't be doing it. Um, (laughs) I haven't asked her, but mum, if you're listening, there is an option of you doing the show. Um, But if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, right, yeah, (laughs) I'd really like to do that. Then email us, get in touch, and you may be sitting in this very chair delivering film reviews and great banter. With me. With Craig. Um, I would absolutely love someone to step in and do the show so that when I'm away, I can actually listen to it um, without knowing what's going to happen. So if you want to be on the show, this is your chance. Uh, um, do you listen to the show after we've recorded it and after we put it up? I, I did to start with. You don't anymore? No. Why not? I, I, I don't know. I think I'm a bit self-conscious. Oh. I think it would help you if you actually listened. Why, 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 why are we having this discussion now? <laughs> I don't know. No, I, 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 I normally listen to it in the, be- in the bed. In the bed? Uh, in bed or perhaps when I'm having a, a nice warm bath with bubbles. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. It is, it is, it's, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I haven't listened to the last few weeks. I like to leave it a while and then... Binge them. So I recently listened to week two, and I quite enjoyed that. I think that's when we reviewed. I did Jumanji. Mm, yeah, I think that was. Yeah, that was we've seen Jumanji. so many films. I know. 
and so so worth it with with our unlimited card. Actually. Yes, a little plug there for Sydney World. <laughs> Indeed. Um, shall we head over to the box office rundown now? Then. Yes, let's do that. Okay, here we go. This is the Box Office Rundown. Brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. Yes, that's right. We're here for the Box Office Rundown for the weekend of March 16th to March 18th, 2018. Where do we begin, David? Well, we will begin at the bottom. uh, And it is Mary Magdalene. At number 10, the new film which we are reviewing on today's show with Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix. And it is bombed. Um, in its opening weekend, it took 0.2 million. Mm. And I can tell you this film isn't going to be very successful. And no. I'll expand upon that in the review later in the show. Um, above that, at number 9, we have My Generation. And you know a little bit about this, Craig, I believe. Yeah, it's a documentary with Michael Caine. Um, I, I don't know much more than that, but um, I'm going to be seeing if I can see that th- next week, hopefully. Probably won't review it, though. I, it... I, I don't know. It depends. I, I yeah. think it's a cinematic release, so why not? Okay, fair enough. Uh, above that, at 8, we have Finding Your Feet. Me and Craig saw this a few weeks ago. It's a really good film. Uh, over the Easter holidays, uh, it's it's one that I would definitely recommend. Um, at 7, Lady Bird. Again, fantastic film. Um, the fantastic Saoirse Ronin. Uh, it's taken 4.6 million now, in its, and it's been in the box office for four weeks. And above that, Craig, you have what is your favourite film of, well, since we've done the podcast, I believe. Yeah, it's The Shape of Water. Fantastic film. Week five in the box office. Uh, It's grossed £7 million in total, and at the weekend it took 0.3. Yeah, and above that at number five. Is that five? Yeah, that's Yeah, (laughs) is Game Night. Um, A a, a comedy... um, Popcorn pizza film, I described it as. Watchable. um, Better than we expected. Better than we expected, but nothing sensational. Above that, doing quite well, actually. Uh, At number four is Red Sparrow. It's found its audience. It has, yes. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is fantastic in this film, but the script is not as good as her acting. Above it, at number three, Craig, what do we have? The Greatest Showman. He's still going. Twelve weeks in the box office, grossed. £38.2 million and at the weekend took another £1.1 million. I mean, this is unbelievable now. Non-stop. I cannot... Well, I can believe it because I said six, seven weeks ago it was going to stick around, but it's going up. It's going up. Um, And the problem is, is I suppose the other films or or perhaps this is just that popular. Mm. Well, number two. Black Panther. Um... Another good weekend for the Black Panther. It's at 1.9 million. It's now grossed 42.8 million. So it's grossed 4 million pounds more than um, The Greatest Showman in about half the time. Yeah, it's five weeks it's been in the box office. I, I do start to think it will start to slow down as we're approaching uh, April when uh, the new Avengers film will be coming Absolutely, out. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, the new Avengers film, well, that is going to go straight to number one and it could stick around there. Mm. Um, and Craig, what do we have at the top? I can't believe this. Uh, in at number one, we have Peter Rabbit. So the new Peter Rabbit, well, it's the only Peter Rabbit that's come to the cinema. Yeah, um, I mean, the adaption of uh, Beatrix Potter's um, lovely 
illustrations and stories and books. Um, I mean, we're going to review it on this week's show, but you can probably tell by our voices. Yes, well, well, I, I, I am going to review it. Trust me. If you, if you, the rabbit is getting roasted. It's going to be cooked. Mm. Um, but it's taken seven point three million um, in mm. its in its opening weekend. And do you know what? I really, really hope that. It it, it it just burns out and crashes because I wasn't I I will say that I hated this film for a number for a number of reasons and for it to be above the likes of Black Panther, Shape of Water, Ladybird, Finding Your Feet, it, it's a disgrace. <clears throat> yeah, I think we'll delve into this a bit more <laughs> <laughs> later on. So if you're, I, if you're I, wondering, I, do ha- I do have a counter argument for this. If you're wondering but, whether Peter yeah. Rabbit's worth it, yeah, stick with the, stick, stick around. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, let's do the box office rundown, David style. At number 10, starring Whacking Jesus, it's Mary Magdalene. Number 9 is My Generation. 8, Finding Your Feet. 7, Ladybird. 6, The Shape of Water with the amphibious lizard man who is partial to a boiled egg. 5, Game Night. 4, We Have Red Sparrow. 3, Still Going Strong. The Greatest Showman. 2, Black Panther. And... (sighs) At the top of the box office, Peter Rabbit. Welcome back. We're now taking a look at Mary Magdalene. Uh, This is the latest film with Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix. Now, a lot of us have an understanding of of the story of, of Christ and his crucifixion and his resurrection. This story... As the title suggests, is Mary Magdalene. It's her story. It's about her um, journey with Jesus and her ability to understand what is going on in her surroundings and and understand herself as a person and find love with God, essentially. Uh, And we start off the film with her with her family trying to marry her off. And it's something that she clearly does not want to do. And this brings shame on her family. Now, I mean, as a woman in that time, it, this is obviously something that's um, not... It's, it's something that's frowned upon, obviously. And they believe that she doesn't want to marry because there's a demon within her. And to, to cure her of this demon, they they take her outside into the ocean and and, and throw her into the ocean and, and almost drown her. And after this, she's incredibly upset for, 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 the, for her family doing this to her. And they still believe that there's something wrong with her. And along comes Jesus. Um, he comes and takes a look at her and realises there's nothing wrong with her. She just wants to find peace with herself, find peace with God uh, and find love with God. Um, and this is where our story begins, really. Jesus um, is preaching in her city or in her town. And she goes at, to witness what's going on and she realizes this is somebody i want to follow and she goes and follows him and this is where we're going to now play a clip of uh peter and uh mary madeline having a conversation did you say what he thought i think it was a vision of what's to come the kingdom we need to gather more people jerusalem Passover. That is where he'll begin it. How? I didn't question him. I think he's afraid to go. He's afraid of what God might ask of him next. 
Our rabbi fears nothing. I'm glad for his humility. Are you? There are a few hundred people in the village. I'll find somewhere to teach while you gather them together. Now, it's without a doubt that this film is beautifully shot. The the wide, beautiful uh, landscape shots that we see, um, the beautiful cinematography... Um, it's somewhat let down by by a story that's very slow paced uh and and very uh i'm not really sure what what did you think did you it was very slow wasn't it and and yeah this is a very difficult film to review because uh, i'm 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 a christian myself so that immediately makes it a different experience for me watching it yeah absolutely as as to you watching yeah. it um so what i'm going to try and do is review this as a piece of cinema as opposed to a piece of religious propaganda or mm. spiritual propaganda and as a film i don't think it works and i'll tell you why i don't think it works i think joaquin phoenix is a phenomenal actor as we will talk about later and you were never really here he doesn't work as jesus his jesus is stoned uh detached strange he looks constantly worried vacant vacant yeah um you know some of the even the the scene where he raises Lazarus is bizarre. He doesn't seem like Jesus in this film. It's it's a, it just I just it's wh- almost like normalizing Jesus mm. and then but but still performing the miracles. Yeah, so you get a real sense that Jesus isn't the Messiah. You know, he isn't who Christians believe he is. And the film is then focusing on Mary Magdalene, but the problem is is Jesus is still doing these miracles. So you see him raising Lazarus and giving these speeches and they don't really work. And then you see Mary's response to this and that doesn't really work. And you're sort of left, in my opinion, in the middle thinking, well, this isn't a film about Jesus. Mm. But is this film, is it more of a Mary Madeline film? Possibly not. Yeah, because it it tries to focus on her story, but then we don't really get anything, do we? If you know what I mean. And I think if if you're going to make a film about, Mary Magdalene, Jesus, the disciples, the apostles, the resurrection, the crucifixion. To take Jesus and not make him the central character, for me, that doesn't work. And But that's what this film is trying to do. Historically, Mary Magdalene is a very misunderstood character, as, as um, we found out. You know, she's been considered a prostitute in the Da Vinci Code. It was proposed that she had relations with Jesus himself. Yeah. Um, and... The, the church has revised, or the Catholic Church has revised its understanding of Mary Magdalene and made her the Apostle of Apostles in 2016. Um, so it's all very complicated, and there's a lot of meat and cheese here. And then it's just not... <laughs> so it's... You know what I mean? It's really potent yeah, stuff, yeah, but yeah. then it's not really... And it's just sort of left. It's not really well executed in that yeah. sense. So, so you do see the beautiful imagery on the, yeah. on the screen, but you don't, you're left lacking in story. Uh, and you're left lacking with with an understanding of who is the main character here. Okay, the title suggests it's Mary Magdalene, but is it Jesus? And you're 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 flitting between the two as who are the main character in 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 this film? Who is the main protagonist? I mean, if you look at the the Passion of uh, of the Christ, for example, Mary Magdalene is depicted as a really weak, vulnerable woman. Jesus comes in and saves the day, and it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This film is trying to portray Mary Magdalene as an independent, feisty. 
defiant woman who says, no, I'm not going to marry who you tell me. Yes, I'm going to follow this man. I don't know what the consequences are going to be, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's a real sort of modern revisionist idea of this sort of almost feminist, you know, figure. Um, but it, I, I just don't think it works. I think it's beautifully shot and visually it's very attractive. Yeah. But, you know, there's huge, you know, the raising of Lazarus, the, the Last Supper, um, the, the actual crucifixion, and then the resurrection, these huge things are just not touched. delivered no, very yeah. well. They're all very much so touched upon. Yeah. Um, and I just, I find the whole experience a little bit hollow, and as, I, it, it's just a difficult film. I think if you're a Christian like myself, you're probably not going to like it. If you're an atheist, I don't think this offers you that much. Um, it's trying to be different. It's trying to be unique. <clears throat> And you've got to respect it for that. But for me, it fails. Uh, and Joaquin Phoenix doesn't work as Jesus, but he is a phenomenal actor, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think Rooney, Rooney Mara as well. She was she was actually very good. She's she's great anyway. She's great. They weren't. I mean, the script was poor, Weak. wasn't it? At times, yes. Um, and she did do well for a weak script, you know. And and the words of Jesus. I mean, if I was to do a film, mm. you know, Mary Magdalene Jesus, but I would take stuff straight from the Bible and have it like that. Whereas Joaquin Phoenix was delivering these sort of long, hippie sort of strange he messages. He did come across as a hippie, didn't he? Yeah, and then there was these sort of bizarre scenes where it would just be Jesus stood somewhere on his own, and then he'd be here on his own, and he just constantly looked sad. And to me, it just didn't work. No. Shall we ask the question? I will ask you the question, Craig. Okay. Mary Magdalene. <laughs> I forgot the name of the film again there. I was about to say, Jesus Christ, is it worth it? Um, no, Mary Magdalene, is it worth it? I, I don't think it's worth it at all. Um, it, there's plenty of other films in the cinema this week and the forthcoming weeks to see that are worth it. Um, this isn't one of them, for sure. What about you? For me, if you're a Christian like myself, I don't think you'll like it. And if you're an atheist... I don't think it offers you much. Um, if you're really interested about the story of Jesus, a really great film is The Passion of the Christ. I think it's more powerful. Mm. Um, and I, I don't think this is worth going to see in the cinema. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's move on <laughs> to our next review, which we're going to be looking at. You were never really there. Here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Craig. <laughs> you were never really you there. there. Starring Wacking Jesus. Wacking Genus. Genus? Genus. Genus. Jesus. Okay. Oh, shambles. Welcome back. Uh, We're now looking at the film You Were Never Really Here, starring Joaquin Phoenix. It's written and directed by uh, Lynn Ramsey. And this is a really interesting and very, very unique film. It's got a an incredible soundtrack. It's got a great lead performance by Joaquin Phoenix. And it's got a style that is in, incredibly different, abstract, and ultimately, I think, very, very successful. Um, what this film really is, is an analysis of Joaquin Phoenix's character. He's a psychologically disturbed uh, veteran. Uh, he's clearly fought um, for his country, and that's had, along with childhood uh, traumas a real effect on his psychological state and when we see him what he appears to do now is hunt down missing children children that have been abducted and ultimately in this case are then forced to uh, 
um, work in the in the in the sex uh, industry. And Joaquin Phoenix gives a really powerful and at times disturbingly scary uh, performance. His character is unhinged, but wants to to do good. But he's lost, and uh, this clip uh, shows his response to being told about the uh, abduction of a uh, American um, senator, isn't it? Senator's daughter, yeah. and uh, this is his response to being told or asked if he can find uh, this girl. Nina, her name is Nina. I've heard of these places. Underage girls. Senator, if she's there, I'll get her. McCleary said you were brutal. Now, the film is, I'd say, somewhat light on plot in the sense that you're, you're fed pockets of information about what's going on. And it's more a very interesting analysis, as you've said, into the psyche of Joaquin Phoenix's character, Joe. Um, it's all about what he's perceiving at the time. And, and you're really taking a look through his eyes almost. Obviously, it's not point of view shot wise, mm. but it is a point of view in the sense of this is Joe's story. And this is how Joe is interpreting everything that's going on around you. And the film, in that sense, is very enigmatic. The soundtrack, as well, is very enigmatic. It's it's very mysterious, disturbing, and very uh, dis- difficult to describe, which, which is really exactly what the word enigmatic means. And if I had to describe the film in one word, it would be enigmatic. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep <laughs> enigmatic, on... Enig- enigmatic, 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 enigmatic. Uh, yes, it is, um, it is that kind of film. And cinematically it's a very beautiful film and one of the one of the scenes that we both really thought was spot on and i think you said was one one of the, like, a cinematic masterpiece mm. almost was a scene um out in the woods uh and you have a track from from that uh scene that was called can you remember what it was called uh it's called tree synthesizers and if you if you are in somebody who's into listening to soundtracks as well this soundtrack is amazing it's all over the place in the sense that it's it goes from being incredibly beautiful and natural and naturalistic in the sense like well with this with that track trees Mm. and then it goes into this very synthesizer kind of futuristic um it was it was like blade runner wasn't it It was very similar to the blade runner uh new blade runner film it's that the, the soundtrack's actually by johnny greenwood who also did the soundtrack for phantom thread I don't know if you remember the soundtrack from that film. I yeah, don't know yeah, if there were no. similarities you could draw. No, uh, no, definitely. Technically wise, it was very different. Mm. Um, but that's obviously the the essence of a great um, uh, composer. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Lost the word. As, as as Craig said, this this soundtrack makes this film. It it is so bizarre that you have one or two tracks that you listen to and they actually disturb you. They really portray his mental instability it's almost as if it's badly composed because it's so all over the place and then you contrast that to some of his other tracks that are just so elegant and beautiful it's obviously uh, stringed instruments violins this kind of yeah. stuff and this one particular scene in the woods in my opinion is as close to cinematic perfection as you can come the camera work the the, the, the how vivid it is 
I don't know what cameras were being used, but it's just beautiful. And the soundtrack with it as well, um, the lead performance from Joaquin Phoenix as Joe, makes this film incredibly interesting. It's mm. the opposite of Woody Allen Wonder Wheel. That shows you everything that cinema shouldn't be. This gives you everything cinema should be. But it gives you it in a way that isn't necessarily going to be enjoyable for everybody. No, that, that's incredibly true because it's it doesn't lead you by the hand like Woody Allen's film does. Yeah. It doesn't give you everything up on the plate. You need to really interpret the film how you want to interpret it and you really need to be paying attention and you need to be on the ball to try and, and, and gather as much information as you can because Lim Ramsey is very slowly and selectively mm. giving you pockets of information to, to, to go on. And I think that's exactly what cinema should be. Mm. Cinema should be something where, you know, back in the days of the old silent movies, they, it, you have to interpret it in a way that, that's going to give you the information and, and you have to be on the ball. This film is exactly like that. And, and it goes hand in hand with an absolutely brilliant soundtrack it's visually fantastic. Joaquin Phoenix's performance is just outstanding. Mm. And and the rest of the cast as well is just really, really good. I, I, I think we're ready to give the question, really, aren't we? Craig, for you, you were never really here. Is it worth it? Yes, this film is 100% worth it for those who want to go and see something different in the cinema. That's something that's mm. not your typical Hollywood lead-you-by-the-hand film. This is the film to go and see if you if you want something different. Yeah. David, do you think it's worth it? This is not a date night movie. If you're looking to go with the missus for a chilled out, relaxed evening at the cinema, this isn't the film for you. But if you really want to see a gritty piece of uh, filmmaking, a phenomenal performance and fairly in-your-face violence and a film that will stick with you, both me and Craig have said we really want to see this again because it's strangely beautiful and Lynn Ramsey... You heard it here first. She is a future Oscar-winning writer or mm -hmm. director, no doubt. With with a good with a good script and and so, like you said, a plot with a little bit more substance because there isn't a lot here plot-wise. She is going to win awards. For me, this is worth going to see, um, but it's not going to be for everyone. So if you're looking for a safe date night, this isn't the film for you. But otherwise, go and see it. If you've scrolled through your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or done anything remotely connected to the internet, you've probably seen an ad for a subscription service. Something like Dollar Shave Club, 5-4 Club, The Birch Box, and many, many more. You may be wondering, what is the big deal about subscription boxes? Well, Package Media is here to tell you all about them, but not just tell you about the box, but the person behind the package. Come join us and listen in as we interview the creators behind these businesses so that you can understand not only the product, but the passion behind their services. Come check us out at Packaged Media. We are subscribed. We are packaged. That's our friends over at Packaged Media, and you can find them on Podium along with our podcast as well. So we're heading over now to the review of Peter Rabbit. This is a film directed by Will Gluck, uh, Rob Leiber, and Will Gluck are the uh, story writers for this film. And David, I'm going to hand this one over to you to begin with. Okie dokie. So here we have the three main actors of James Corden, Domhnall Gleeson and Rose Byrne, who are starring in this very 
weak adaptation of the beautiful Beatrix Potter stories about um, Peter Rabbit. And I have to say immediately that I thought this film was an absolute travesty, if I'm honest. Um, Everything about it was bad. So the original Beatrix Potter uh, stories were written and published by her in the early 1900s. You had the wonderful things like the tale of Peter Rabbit, the tale of uh, Miss Tiddywinkle, uh, Jemima Puddle Duck. Um, And there was a fantastic BBC series released Mm. in the early 90s where the drawings of Beatrix Potter were brought to life. And I grew up watching Jeremy Fisher, Miss Tiddywinkle, Jemima Puddle Duck. As did I, yeah. and, And Peter Rabbit. And I'm sure other listeners and, you know, of all ages will remember that. And and in my opinion, this just well, it doesn't destroy that because that is no. a timeless classic. But it just takes a beautiful story and and goes crazy with it. Um, I don't think James Corden's very good as Peter Rabbit. That Peter Rabbit himself, the the main problem with this film is Peter Rabbit himself isn't particularly likable. He's a bit of a bit of an ass. He's he's very arrogant. He's very arrogant, righteous, rebellious. But and not in a likable way. No, not at all. You know, um, Peter Rabbit in 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 the, in the books and and on the TV series was a very likable, mischievous rabbit, cute little rabbit. This this Peter Rabbit is obnoxious, a bit arrogant, and it's not just Peter Rabbit going into Mister McGregor's garden to steal vegetables because he's a rabbit. This Peter Rabbit wants to go in and steal the vegetables to really torture Mister McGregor. And it's it's just not the original story, in my opinion. And very early on in the film, I mean, the directors, they just kill off Mr. McGregor. You know, they say, well, we've had enough of him. He can have a heart attack, you know. So, I mean, the, the rabbit in this film is, you know, going to be wanted for a number of criminal offences. <laughs> Firstly, murder. You know, we, we, we get straight to that. So they get rid of the old Mr. McGregor, which gives Domhnall Gleeson a younger Mr. McGregor to come in. Um... And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, this film and why I think it's terrible uh, after a clip. And this clip shows Peter Rabbit rounding up all the rabbits to basically go and psychologically torture Mr. McGregor. And steal a load of food. Yep. All right, talk to me, Benjamin. He's mowed half the lawn, which maybe gives us just enough time. Look at him. Pure evil. Hey, here's a crazy thought. What if we don't go in? Because last time you almost got caught... Oh, so adorable. I could just eat you up. That's exactly what he wants to do to you. Take it all in, because we're about to take it all in. You all know the drill. I'm not going to pretend that what we're about to do isn't reckless, foolhardy, even dangerous. But we will succeed, because each of us plays a vital role, specifically tailored to our individual talents. Look out, look out, look out, look out, heroes. So, James Corden, in my opinion, completely wrongly cast for this role. His voice does not suit Peter Rabbit at all. Peter Rabbit, known to millions of children who have watched the TV series as a young boy. And James Corden does not sound like a young boy. On top of that, obviously, his character has been written as very obnoxious, self-righteous and... And 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 well, calls himself a hero. Yeah, um, arrogant. Peter Rabbit is not a hero. At the end of the day, Peter Rabbit is a an adorable, mischievous character. Really, not what James Corden is p- portraying here on screen. And obviously, it's a, a character voiced, but you can get all of these essences through his voice. Um, 
And the, I think the way that the uh, animators have made this, obviously they record the voices first and then they animate the character around the voice. So you get that essence of James Corden playing the character anyway through mm. through that through that means. Um, Story-wise, as you were saying, Domhnall Gleeson comes in as the younger Mr. McGregor. Mr. McGregor, that's it. Um, and he straight away picks up where the older Mr. McGregor kicks off after he kicks the bucket uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, by putting up new fences, electrical uh, fences, um, explosives. You know, it, it basically. I mean, you don't have a rabbit and and a farmer. You just have two people trying to kill each other, basically. As backwards and forwards, there it's... is just the the rabbits are somehow managing to outsmart the humans mm-hmm. with the electrical fence and electrocuting the humans. This is an absolute shambolic film. Yeah, this isn't Peter Rabbit. This is this is Ricky Rabbit or Alan Rabbit. Yeah, this the... is not Peter at all. And uh, alongside this sort of ongoing saga of um, uh, vegetable stealing and various animals being electrocuted and humans being electrocuted. We have the love affair between Domhnall Gleeson's character and the uh, female actress, Rose Byrne, Rose Byrne. B. And that adds an interesting element to the, to the film. It gives it a little bit more than just rabbits stealing vegetables. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just so over the top, you know, and there's so many vegetables. I mean, think about it, Craig. How many times did they ransack that garden destroy the house, and then it all seems to be put back together. And for me, Peter Rabbit is a beautiful, innocent rabbit. It's a, it's, it's, it's a childhood story. It isn't this. You know, you've got singing in it. You've got modern pop music in it. You've got rapping, rapping mm, mm. in um, in Peter Rabbit. I mean, Beatrix Potter would be, I think, terror, you know, devastated with, with, this, uh, with this film. It, I mean... I don't think it should be called Peter Rabbit because it it just isn't Peter Rabbit. Um, The only redeeming feature of the film is when they have flashbacks to Peter's parents and they decide to go with the original drawings and they are they do show some of the original yeah, drawings or reanimated or reanimated versions of the original drawings and we see and we see Peter and his parents in those original forms. You think, oh, that's nice. Oh, wait, no, we're back to James Corden being a bit of an idiot. Um, look, if if you're not a purist like me, so a lot of reviews will say, you know, our purists are, you know, they're you know, getting really annoyed about this film. Well, yes, because <laughs> if you're going to remake Peter Rabbit, don't moan when purists like me who grew up with wonderful childhood memories. I have such happy memories of those 1990s TV series, uh, yeah. watching with my mum and my brother. Um, wonderful memories. You know, don't get annoyed when people are then upset about th- this film being made. And... Some of the themes, I mean, are just not appropriate for children, in my opinion. No, I agree. But here comes my counter-argument. Oh, the counter-argument. When we were sitting in that cinema, with our good friend Georgia as well, sitting alongside us, we brought her along for reasons. I don't know why we took her to see Peter Rabbit with us, because it's not the film she should have come and seen no. with us, really. But... Poor, sorry about that, Georgia. Yeah, we, we apologise. But um, it's the counter-argument is there were a lot of children and adults in the cinema and they were laughing at the film yeah. they were they did find it humorous and i think there were elements of the film that we found funny as well uh, the deer yeah i mean look there are laughs in this film um and there are and you know there are points definitely where you, i mean the rooster was very good yeah uh, although they took something that was funny and then did the same joke several times and slowly killed yeah. it yeah um if the, like i said if this was called alan the rabbit then I could watch it and say, yeah, that was 
bad, but it was just Alan the Rabbit. But because it's based on mm. something that was beautiful to begin with, and they've taken it and just flushed down the toilet, the the, the beautiful elements of that yeah. originalness, and it's just gone. You know, uh, animals being electrocuted, you know, Mr. McGregor standing on <laughs> rakes and them, him hitting them in the face, you know, explosives being used. And also... I will mention this. I am Craig knows me very well. I am the most unpolitically correct person on the planet. Um, and I get sick and tired about people saying, oh, I'm offended. Oh, that's not appropriate. But there is something in this film that I think is ridiculously inappropriate for a children's film. And that's the um, the allergy scene. So Domhnall Gleeson's character is allergic to, uh, to something. I won't say what it is for people who want to go and see the film. But then the rabbits proceed to take the item that he's allergic to. Aware. Uh, uh, fully aware that he will have an allergic reaction. And then using catapults, fire the said item at him to the point where he goes into what, epileptic shock. And he has to put an epidural, is it an epidural pen into him? Uh, I, I think it's um, anaphylactic shock and it's um, <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all right. You're close. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no, neither am I. Oh, that's embarrassing. Okay. Let, let's let's carry on. So anyway, after googling epidural needle, David realised the gravity of his mistake. Okay, so <laughs> that was rather embarrassing, having just googled what an epidural injection is. However, my point remains <laughs> that um, obviously allergic reactions are, you know, they can be fatal, and I, I just think in a kids' film. Making Highly. a joke out of it, yeah, it yeah. it's just not appropriate. In an adult's film, in a black comedy, yes, you can laugh about an allergic reaction and it might be appropriate, but in this film it isn't. And like I said, he goes into uh, anaphylactic shock yeah. and then has to inject himself with adrenaline. And I just don't think that's appropriate in a kid's film. There have been complaints about it. And like I said, I'm the most un-PC person. But even for me, in a kid's film, it just wasn't funny. And the whole film is wonky and off James Corden is poorly cast, and it's it's just not very good. But however, like you said, there was a lot of laughter, and it and it will prove popular. Um, David, he's going to ask me the question. I am David. Is it worth it for me? Absolutely not. It's a travesty of a film, not worth seeing. However, the kids might enjoy it. But if you're looking to go back to childhood memories and enjoy the original beauty of Beatrix Potter, you're not going to get that here. You might get a few laughs, but no, for me, not worth it. For me as well, it's not worth it either. If you've got young kids, take them to the cinema and, and try and gauge what their opinion is. And if you do 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 that, email us, let us know what they mm. thought and what you thought. Email address is mymailisworthit at gmail.com and we look forward to hearing from you. And we're now going into the final review of the podcast. And this is Unsane. This is a brilliant film that I saw last night um, as an unlimited screening for the film, which isn't out until tomorrow now. So I saw it two days earlier. So it was like a press screening, but it really wasn't a press screening. <laughs> it was the only fantastic service that they do is their unlimited screening service where um films that aren't even out sometimes two weeks before the film is out they put it up for those with unlimited cards and it's a brilliant service so if you don't have an unlimited card and you're thinking about getting one well worth it just for that as well but also the cost savings that you get mm. throughout the year for us we've seen over 30 films already 
we're we're I've worked out by the end of the year we're going to have seen about two and a half to three thousand pounds worth of films because we are seeing all of the films including the bad ones so, so you, you don't, don't have, have to, to. <laughs> we did miss that out at the beginning of the show didn't we we may have done i think i must apologize to the viewers i this rabbit has given me heart palpitations sweats <laughs> it's really upset me actually um well, and i want criminal action he must face the judgment for his <laughs> crimes murder well arson Theft, breaking and entering. All things that would be taken to And the wonderful Benjamin Bunny, who is a good character in that film. Peter, please don't do this. (laughs) Why are you doing this again? Poor Benjamin. Anyway, Unsane. I haven't seen this film, um, but Craig has. And he is going to give you his usual wonderful review. So Unsane is down as a genre horror thriller film to me um the horror really isn't anything scary it's more if it's more of a what if this happened Mm. to me kind of horror um and what i found incredibly interesting about this film that number one it was shot completely from start to finish on an iphone 7 plus using filmic pro which is a brilliant app if you haven't got it if you shoot videos on your phone get that app it is so 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 good and um if you seen when you go and see this film because i i expect people will go and see this film as it's a horror lots of people who like that genre um you will you you will question whether or not it was shot on an iphone it's that good um but the the what put me off to begin with were the strange camera angles mm. only to begin with because i actually found it actually quite good after the first couple of scenes but the that was so the the camera was so close with the action it was it was quite off putting now what do we have here as as a film well we have claire foy um from the queen which is on netflix brilliant series claire foy is not the queen in this film she's completely <laughs> different well it's it, it's about someone involuntary being uh, put into a mental institute so could you imagine that the queen is committed to an asylum <laughs> exactly it's not what this film is about no, well, not the Queen, but we ha- do have an American Claire Foy, uh, brilliant accent that she's put on for this film. Um, and yes, as you said, she is committed involuntary to a mental institution. Now, what happens here is that Claire, ha- Claire, um, her character, who, which is uh, Sawyer, she is she wants to go and talk to somebody so she goes to talk to a psychiatrist and she talks to the psychiatrist about uh moving from boston to um pennsylvania i believe where in boston she had a stalker Mm. and this stalker took things to the extreme and she had to move away 400 miles to somewhere else um and she's she wants to talk about it because you know something like that happens and it's going to get you down um the psychiatrist asks her whether or not she has had suicidal thoughts before. And she said, well, yeah, I've I've had suicidal thoughts before. Um, but, you know, not now. I just need somebody to talk to. So from here onwards, we are following Sawyer as she is now being committed to the mental institution. She signs a document involuntary, not really knowing what she signed and is then committed. So throughout the process of this, you're wondering whether or not she is insane or not. Um, And let's go to a clip. And and so we can see a little bit more about about the film from there. What's in the basement? Solitary confinement. 
my God, send me there right now. My stalker, you've read the council's notes. You know, you know who I'm talking about. He's here. He's got himself a job in the hospital. I talked to the second floor about George. No, he's not called George. We did a thorough background check. Yeah, you did a thorough background check on George. I'm telling you, he isn't called George. His name is David Stride. I'm trying to tell you, you're not even listening to me. I'm trying to tell you that the man... And I'm adding a course of risperidone and lithium to your meds. What's that for? To keep you from hurting anyone else. And yourself. Are you serious? That's your diagnosis? You're sedating me. When I've just told you there's a, a predator who's followed me from here from another city. You should be protecting me. So what that scene really sets up is um, Sawyer has seen her stalker David in the mental asylum. I'm uh, there, am I? <laughs> it's the stalker's name, David. It's David Strine. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Um, and he's posing as somebody called George. Now, to begin with, you're wondering whether or not she's insane or not, and whether she's just seeing his face um, pop up every now and then. And the truth of the matter is, you quickly find out early on that actually, yes, he is there. Um, and he is causing trouble just to be near her. And... It the the film touches on the mental institute whether or not they have got her here under insurance fraud, um, and the, and it's the films explored like that, and that's scary because you know pe- people can be committed to these mental signs for or institutes for saying that they have these suicidal thoughts and they need to be watched over. They're a danger to themselves, danger to society, just for insurance fraud in America, and I think that that is. That is proper scary, really, because, you know, and they are made to believe that they are going insane. Anyway, David's character is bizarre. Um, he, he Really bizarre, played by Joshua Leonard. Really well played, though. Um, but we also have uh, Juno, uh, Juno Temple, who was in uh, film Wonder last Wheel, week. Yeah. Wonder Wheel, Woody Allen, yeah. Um, she was very, very good as a mental patient and a genuine mental patient in this in this uh in this film um david are you looking forward to seeing this film at all i think for me as you know mental health issues are are very close to my heart and i think it's a very misunderstood uh problem and to answer your question yes i am looking forward to it but i'm slightly worried it's 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 a sensitive subject so i'll be interested to see how they handle it and look there is no doubt a problem in america and in the uk with pharmaceuticals And the reason being is pharmaceuticals are more valuable than oil. They're the most valuable thing on this planet. And particularly in America where they don't have an NHS system, people are exploited. They are put on drugs that fundamentally they don't need to be on. Mm -hmm. So pharmaceutical companies can make money. I mean, think when Prozac came out in the early 90s, everyone was going on it. So I'm interested to see how these ideas are explored. Um, Having viewed visually the clip that uh, we played to our listeners... Very interestingly shot, like you said, on the iPhone. So I think it's a very uh, intriguing piece. The trailer was quite disturbing. And I will decide whether I'm going to uh, watch it after I ask you the question. Okay, go ahead. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Craig, for me and for our listeners, is it worth it? Yeah, it's definitely worth going to see in the cinema. It's it's obviously very odd in in the way it's shot. Um, It's very odd with the aspect ratio as well for for the film. Um, Obviously, the iPhone isn't completely um, 
uh, was it two two free free? Mm, I can't remember the cinematic aspect <laughs> ratio for the screen, but it's not sixteen nine like the normal yeah. aspect ratio for your television. So was it fairly low budget this film then? Uh, it, yes, I think it was very low budget. Um, shot very, you know, most of the people. It was all filmed in secret essentially. Um, okay. You know, it was just Juno Temple and. Claire Foy and I think Jay Farrow as well, also equally very, very good in the film, um, all sworn to secrecy that they were making this film. Wow. Um, and I think it it worked very, very well. There's one scene in particular that I thought was really brilliant. It was um, a scene where uh, Sawyer has been overdosed by David and he... Oh, not David again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they've done this like this weird double exposure where you it's filmed from the back of her head point of view and from the front of her head point of view, and it's overlaid over the top of each other, and you get this really difficult to watch, but obviously this is what's going on in her head sort of moment. Mm. And I thought that was really brilliantly done, and it really does go to show that it's not the technology that you're using to make these films that make it great. It, yeah. It's the way you use it and 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 the stories that you're telling that make the films what they are mm. and and this is definitely one to go and see in the cinema not just because it's of that but because it's a, a real cinematic piece it's got a great score as well um yeah definitely worth it thank you very much for that review craig and i'm looking forward to seeing this film and i'm sure we'll discuss it a little bit again next week absolutely so that's the end of this week's show week eight uh eight weeks we've been making this two months and uh, we've got no, a number of listen, listeners. David's got just bringing up the picture now on his phone of, of where our me. listeners are, um, which is quite interesting, I thought. <laughs> just full of pictures of faces and stuff. Go on. Let's hear it. So, yeah, we just wanted to say a big thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, at the moment, we've got listeners in the UK, the United States, France, Germany, Czech Republic, Brazil, Canada, Turkey, Norway, Estonia, Israel, um, Japan, our Japanese robot. Uh, so we just really wanted to thank all these listeners. You know, it really is lovely to see the amount of downloads we're getting. But please do email us, do tweet us, do get in touch with us. Because like we said, when we uh, from now on, emails, good emails, we're going to reward you with a prize, a mystery prize that will be revealed, we believe, in week 10 after a business meeting. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we're really pleased with how things are going. We hope you are enjoying the show. Uh, and I can see Craig has already prepared week nine. Yeah, so week nine, we've got Pacific Rim Uprising coming up. We've also got Isle of Dogs, Ready Player One, A Wrinkle in Time, Proud Mary, and I think I might even go and see My Generation. Wow. I'm really looking forward to A Wrinkle in Time. That looks very good. Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg. Um, there's some interesting films there. Uh, and it will be, as always, a fantastic show. So thank you for listening. Take care, download, subscribe, share, email, all of the things that <laughs> we, we really would like you to do. Uh, and have a good week. Thank you very much. No arguing at the end this week. There's no arguing. <laughs> <laughs>